I'm Sinead O'Moore and you're listening to Every Mum the Podcast. Every Mum the Podcast was created for one reason, to get honest about parenthood, about the realities, the joys, the surprises and the fears, the moments that form us and the ones we don't hear people talk enough about, which is why we are so proud to partner with Water Wipes as our sponsor for this season, as they share this mission with us and are such an essential brand for every mum. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes containing just two ingredients, 99.9% water and just a drop of fruit extract, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water. During the early days as a parent, everything is uncertain. But choosing the right wipes shouldn't be a worry. With no artificial fragrance, soap, silicones or colours, Water wipes are suitable for newborn, sensitive, and even premature skin. Together, we are committed to providing more reassurance for parents with trusted products and this podcast, helping us all take those important steps towards greater confidence while building a community of support for every mum. In this first episode of season two, I'm joined by Martina Reynolds the super stylish mum of two and creator of the fashion blog and Instagram, Martina's Mark. Here she shares her experience of birth with her second daughter, Tilly, just three weeks ago when we were in the height of the pandemic. Every labour has its challenges, but here Martina reassures us of the incredible support she experienced from the midwives, how social distancing has allowed her to really embrace this quiet newborn phase and some essential tips for every mum expecting a baby soon. Martina, thank you so much for joining us as our first guest of season two of Every Mum, the podcast. Um, and congratulations on little baby Tilly, who is three weeks old. Is it today? Thank you so much for having me. She's um, three weeks today. Exactly. <laughs> How are you finding adjusting to baby number two? Much better than I thought I would, to be honest. Um, maybe I'm just still in... I don't know, the, the newborn fog, but I have to say I've adjusted better than better than I thought I would. She's kind of slotted into her family much quicker than I thought she would as well. So <laughs> going well so far. She's your second daughter. So how old is Isabel? She just went three there on the um, 18th of May. So it's a nice age gap as well. So she, you know, she's quite independent and she can do a lot for herself. So. I can give Tilly a little bit more time, you know, the ranger in the day where they're like Isabel kind of plays by herself and stuff like that. So, and of course, there's a very different postpartum experiences, um, what with lockdown this time around. But how were the pregnancies? Were they similar? Very similar, actually, really similar, even like down to the very beginning the reason why I, I I was like oh okay I think I might be pregnant because I get I in the first I think two months with Isabel I got like anxiety I don't really suffer from anxiety but I got it and then I started to get really anxious I think I could be pregnant you know that sort of way so even even the very early early days was very similar and then I had some like, complications with pregnancy with that I had um with Isabel and I 
had them again with Matilda, but I got them earlier in the pregnancy, if that makes sense. Did you have similar symptoms and kind of, did you have morning sickness and different signs and cravings and things that made you think, yeah, this is another girl? I I never got any um, morning sickness in either pregnancies and, or cravings. Never got any cravings either, (laughs) which is funny the only thing that I got that you know early symptoms was the was the anxiety which kind of ended around three months I'd say and then of course you know all the other stuff that comes with it but um fine yeah I good a similar experience with with my daughter I remember in those first few months feeling just overthinking things more or being kind of paranoid about things more or what did that person mean by that or nervous about going in to do normal work which would never have taken anything out of me before just a heightened sense of like my heart beating faster and that was exactly I started to worry about um child care I was like oh my God, and what if I had, you know, what am I going to do with the two? And what if I can't get a crash place? And because like from where I live, crash places are just so difficult to get in the early need. And actually I ended up telling like the crash workers before I even told my parents I was pregnant. Do you know that sort of way? Yeah. And then as soon as I had like this, well, and now Matilda's name down, I felt so much better, but I was really worrying about that sort of, like that sort of thing. It's so familiar. So I'm coming up to halfway in my second pregnancy and I'm obsessed with asking those questions because I, although I'm not going to find out what the gender is at the scan, I'm just still trying to constantly daily be like, is it another girl? Is it different? Am I carrying differently? Is it lower? Is it pointier? Is yeah. do I have a salt craving or a sweet craving? And I'm at the point where, oh my God, just find out because... <laughs> you're asking yourself a thousand times a day if it is or not um but I think we'll hold out but I think it's fascinating to find like every single pregnancy is different um and every labor is different and they're they're just you ex you go into it maybe sometimes expecting and anticipating the same child to come out but they're so different even down to your you're trying to work it out oh my mom was this or my sister was this it means nothing, do you know, that sort of way, because everyone is so different. You know, like, there's nothing the same in any any pregnancy or labor, I would imagine. Did you find that anxiety return towards the end of Tilly's pregnancy when, obviously, the world started to rumble and this thing called COVID started coming into our news feeds? Don't think so I think I was obviously worried about um obviously the labor at the time because I wasn't sure if partners were allowed in do you know what I mean I was like oh here like how am I going to give birth alone do you know that sort of way and then my husband is frontline staff so I was thinking then I got told uh, like near the end I probably would need a c-section because Tilly was transverse and I was really worried about having to do the recovery alone with the toddler, obviously, as well as, as Tilly. So I was kind of just more worried, but I was kind of a bit like, you know, everything's going to be okay. It's going to be fine. I was kind of proud of myself that I didn't take it worse than I did, if you know what I mean. And it did work out in the end. So 
thankfully I didn't worry myself too much for no reason. I would imagine if this was my first pregnancy, I'm feeling a lot more nervous right now about everything that's going on. I think I'm very lucky in my second that I'm not, I'm not worrying. I'm not thinking about it. I know, I know what to experience. So you have then you, you had a positive pandemic birth for want of a better phrase. And I think there must be so many pregnant, first time pregnant women listening to this who you know, they're going through all scenarios in their heads about what it's going to be like, um, especially if you're not used to a hospital environment, wondering what, you know, it's going to be like in there. So go back to, to you know, preparing in those last weeks. Um, so you were in for a number of scans to see, were you ready to be induced? Yes. So I think that one of the main things that has changed is you're not allowed to have any partners with you for any of your hospital appointments. Um, for me, I used to have to uh, go to a lot of hospital appointments by myself. So with that part of it didn't kind of, not, it didn't affect me as much say as it, as it would uh, like a lot of people who would really need, or they'd like, they much prefer to have, you know, a, a partner with them, obviously for comfort. And um, so it, that was kind of business as usual for me in terms of like that aspect. And uh, the consultant that I attended was really reassuring. You know, she was like, no, it's fine. Look, your partner can't go to, can't visit you, but he can still go to the labor. So that was one of the first questions that I asked. And then as soon as I heard that from the horse's mouth, because there was a lot of rumors going on at the time. If you remember, like, you know, in early pandemic, you know, that partners weren't allowed in. And I think in Galway, that might've been the case wasn't it? And I, th- I don't even think there is still allowed in for the C-section, but there was I all the had... question marks over the impact on the health of a pregnant woman. If she had, oh yeah, and there was lots of different, are we at risk? Are we not at risk? There was a lot of things swirling. Yes, there really was. Um, so I, once I kind of heard that, I was like, okay, that's fine. Do you know what I mean? All, you know, the birth is obviously the most important part. You want somebody there with you. And once I heard he could come in with me, I totally relaxed about the situation. The visitors thing, you can kind of, you can kind of get over, you know, like, and there's always FaceTime, there's always the phone. And especially in a, if it's your first birth in a way, ignorance is kind of bliss, I'd imagine, because you don't, you, you didn't know what it was like before, do you know, that sort of way. But um, I, just kind of was thinking to myself, hopefully I'll get out earlier this time around because I was in for a few days after my last birth because Isabel was jaundiced. So she had to stay in. So obviously I had to stay in. So I was like, grand, I'll get in and out within 24 hours, you know. But I ended up having to stay in longer because um, Tilly's blood sugars were really low. So I ended up having to stay two days and I was like a bit like, uh, I, w- I felt more bad for my husband than I did for myself, if that makes sense. Yeah, you wanted to get home and have him to, to see exactly. and bond and hold and cuddle. Absolutely, yeah. Because like, it doesn't bother you. You'll be surprised because like I'm in a little newborn bubble in bed with my new baby. I actually, you're not, like it was lovely to spend that time just alone with her, do you know, that sort of way. And 
have her just to yourself, but it was more my husband I felt sorry for. Do you know, it was, I was okay, mm. but it was just more him. I was like, ah, he must be really missing out on this. Do you know what I mean? How did it feel going into, like going the night before that induction, knowing tomorrow it's going to begin? Oh, yeah. Like I had, a, like, I would say my first induction like was was really rough. It was tough. Um, it didn't kind of go as well as it should have, if that makes sense. And it was, I got induced with Propez, which is basically what you get if you're being induced with scratch. So say if your cervix isn't ready at all, you have to get the Propez gel. And then we were meant to get, uh, my waters were meant to get broken the next day. And then I was meant to get um the oxytocin drip and then it was all meant to be fine but the labor ward was really 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 busy and I ended up going into labor by myself with the propez gel and my waters ended up breaking so it was just and the labor ward was still really busy so I had to like labor by myself for a few hours it was really painful and I finally got into the labor ward and got the epidural and it was okay. So this time around, it was so much more controlled. Got the Propez gel the next day. The doctor checked me. She was like, yeah, we'll break your waters this morning. And I was like, this morning? Because the last time I was waiting 48 hours, whether they were, she was like, yeah, we'll do it at around 11. And went down, got my waters broken and I got the oxytocin. And then I had to do a bit of work myself, but then I got the epidural. So it was a much more controlled experience. So, yeah, it was it was much better the second time around. <laughs> Definitely. Because I always wonder. So for me, um, my waters semi broke. The whole thing didn't go. And then there was hours and hours and hours of contractions before anything began to actually properly labor. But I, I wondered, like, how must it feel that night before when you you don't? I think it's different when you spontaneously go into labor. Yeah, definitely. Like, oh, this is just happening. But I can't imagine how it would feel because I don't know what's going to happen this time around. So I'm just trying to get my head wrapped around all types of birth. So the first time around, I was like excited. You know what I mean? Really, really yeah. excited because I hadn't clue you know and then on the second time around because it was meant to be the same process I was really worried and scared because I was like I can't go through like I am I gonna have to go through that like you know labor again do you know what I mean and it wasn't until I was talking to a good few people afterwards they were like yeah we we didn't I didn't want to say to you but I knew it was going to be horrific for you your first labor being induced and I was like what like do you know what I mean so um I was kind of a bit anxious the second time around because I was like, oh God, do I have to do that? Because that shouldn't have happened to me the first time around, but it just, it did, you know? Um, But I made, I was very vocal of the fact that I wanted an epidural like the second time. You know what I mean? I was like, 100%. Big fan. Big fan of the epidural. (laughs) Oh, yeah. Absolutely. I don't know why anyone would refuse us. <laughs> if you could do it, fine. But yeah. if you are having a rough time, get the epidural. Yeah, epidural. That's what my advice would be. 
no, it's uh, it was a it was a, a game changer. <laughs> oh, like and, actually, and I've heard it can it can slow things down, but for me, I think because it took the pain away, I all my muscles relaxed. Yeah. And actually, like she came out really quickly after after the epidural started. So um it's uh it's definitely, yeah, I, this time around I'm going in with a giant sign that just says, give it to me, give it to me now. I think I nearly kissed the anesthetist when he came in. I can tell you the names of both of them. Like, you know what I mean? I was just so happy to see them. Like it was just, yes, definitely. This time went a lot smoother, um, but you still had to labor a little while for Tilly to move down. Were you worried about her weight? She Did I see there on Instagram, she was bigger than you were, you know, because you're quite a petite. Um, beautiful, beautiful figure. <laughs> but you're saying, was baby a little bit bigger? Um, yes. Well, first of all, so Isabel was measuring, I think, eight pounds, no, eight pounds at like 36 weeks or something. And the doctor was like, asked, I think she, she did inquire, you know, about what Barry was when he was born. And he was 11 pounds. So she was like, okay, this genetic baby might you might just be dealing with genetically big babies, you know what I mean, based on what your husband was. So that's why I got induced at like twenty, sorry, thirty-seven weeks with um, Isabel because she was measuring big, and I had polyhydramnios, which is like too much amniotic fluid as well. So she she was like, okay, look, we'll we'll induce you before this baby gets any bigger, and. She wasn't, yeah, she wasn't really pushing the section with me because she said I would always have big babies. And with the scar, with the polyhydramnios, it could burst. You know what I mean? Mm. Um, so she wanted me to have a natural labor, definitely for my first one. And so that's why I was induced early with, with Isabel. But she had, she was engaged. It was fine. So with Tilly, she couldn't because she was transverse and then when she did finally move she was way too high like she wasn't engaged or she wasn't low in the pelvis so she was like I physically can't induce you so she had to let leave me keep going and keep going do you know what I mean so um and I didn't want a section because just with the pandemic I would have had nobody to help me you know my husband ended up only taking a week off work so I would have been you know it would have been quite difficult with a toddler and a newborn, you know? So, um, so then we decided, look, we're just going to have to keep going. Do you know what I mean? So I was like, I had to go back every like week, obviously. And they would scan me obviously just to make sure things, but then she kind of like was stable. Her size was quite stable. And then as soon as the baby's head was low enough, she was like, right, okay, let's induce. So that's how we got to where we were. (laughs) And at what point then could your husband join you? Um, So what happened was that morning I got examined and the doctor was like, perfect. We would, the labor ward is quiet. I'll um, break your waters this morning. And as soon as I got the okay to go down to the labor ward, the midwife just told me to to ring my husband. So it was, he came in straight away then. And he had to get like, obviously I think they had to give his name to security and you know, la la la. And he, um, 
he came in for the birth. I would think I was already in the labor ward by the time he got in. And yeah, the, sorry, the delivery suite by the time that he, he had gotten in. So then he could stay for the whole of the delivery. And they have like the delivery suite. They weren't kicking me out of the room. Now, I'm sure it might be a bit different if they really needed the suite for somebody else, obviously. But uh, the midwife was telling me they had bays outside. So even if they do have to get, you know, you out of the delivery suite, they'll move you into a side room, if you will. So, you know, and they weren't really pushing, pushing him to leave. So he got to stay for a good hour, about an hour and a half after the baby was born. So it was nice. And then like he walked with us up to the lift and that was kind of sad having to say goodbye to him at the lift, you know, because I was like, I didn't, you know, I was like, no, my luck, I'll have to stay in longer, which I did. Do you know what I mean? So it was a good two days before he, he, I got to see him again. Do you know what I mean? But look. What was the support like from the midwives then over those two days? Brilliant. Like really good. I thought they were so, well, I know that when my first, um, there was one midwife for three, for three rooms. And I, I was, noticeably it was noticeably understaffed and you knew how stressed they were like I remember you know just I was like whoa do you know what I mean this is there was not a lot of support kind of going around and I felt that the second time there was a midwife in my room for the whole of the time so if I needed to go and take a shower she was there, you know what I mean? And um, if I wanted to go to the, to run down to the shop, there was somebody there at all times. Like it was just, I, I really noticed that there was a huge difference in staffing levels, do you know? Maybe it was the ward that I was in, I don't know, but I certainly thought maybe it was down to the COVID, maybe. Yeah, I think. They are, they are aware that they're, you know, your partners can't, come in and that's what I did the last time I remember waiting for Barry to come in so I could go for a shower do you know that sort of way you just didn't know especially with your like with your first like I'm like what do I do I can't just walk away from her in her little in her little pod (laughs) you know so it's like what do you do so yeah I would just sit frozen in bed probably dying to go to the loo even waiting for my husband to come in so I could go do those things so as you said I think it's great to hear that there's so much more support and physical presence there so that you can go and do what you need to do and have those showers and walk around and you know just get a bit of feeling back into your legs and you know having the reassurance that there's enough midwives there to care for you Definitely. Yeah, 100%. Like even like with Isabel with the jaundice, I remember it was me that flagged it. And like, I was like, no, I I think she's jaundice. Like, do you know that sort of way? Yeah. Um, It wasn't picked up by anyone else. Yeah. But like with, with Tilly's blood sugars, I didn't even notice there was a midwife kind of like, well, I think I woke up and she was staring, looking at Tilly. And she was like, I'm just not happy with her form. Do you know what I mean? She was actually, she was kind of jerking a little bit when she was asleep. 
And she was like, I'm not happy with her form. And then she was like, I'm just going to keep observing her for a while. And then she took her and t- took her blood sugars and she was like, they're a bit low. And, you know, they then that's how that happened. So even like that experience was different. Like somebody was like li- literally watching over my child while she slept, making sure that she was okay. Do you know what I mean? So I just felt there was way more of a, of a presence, like you said, just around the place. I even found in the original 12-week scan, there's just much more process and order around the hospital. You know, there's timed appointments. Everything ran like clockwork. Whereas three years ago, it did feel like that chaotic system that we can often hear about. Whereas I really felt, no, this is this is seamless. Like, keep this going. Whatever you're doing here, this is working. Yeah. Oh, absolutely. No, I totally agree with you. But they, they, well, I presume so. But like most hospitals have kind of bigger budgets now with the COVID. So I presume it might be down to that. Now, I could be wrong. But like, I certainly know, like, in my hospital and the, ho- the hospital that my husband works in, like there is more, like there was more staff hired, obviously. Do you know what I mean? Um, so I presume it might be the same with, with, um, with the maternity hospitals as well. Is there anything that you brought in that was essential or that you missed or that you feel like, right, if you were going back in again tomorrow, that that's something that definitely has to be put into the bag? Let me think, let me think. Um, you will be on your phone a lot more. That's one thing that I will definitely say. Um, I would make sure you have sorted your data out before you go in because I ran out of data on my second day and I, I was on the phone to like Vodafone trying to get uh, like an add-on and stuff like that. I would I would check your data lounge. You're going to be FaceTiming an awful lot, you know? And they didn't, they didn't add it on properly. And I just like, I really miss not having been able to FaceTime one of the nights that I was there. So that was one thing that was a bit different. And snacks, the shops are kind of open awkward hours as well. So um, food wise, you won't have like your, you know, protein bars, you know, bananas, you know, stuff like that. A water bottle, I bring yeah. a water bottle with me. Yeah. 100%. Just so you can have it ne- next to your bed. Yeah. And just, um, there's like a water fountain on the ward, so you can just fill it up. That's one thing that I, I wished I had a, I had a brought in. And, and just trying to think, did I forget anything else? Not really. Start learning how to use your timer on your phone, because I took some few pictures of, um, Tilly and I and I just put my phone on my um, tray in in um, just I have this thing so I just and I just used the timer and I took some cute pictures of of her and I so that might be something to think about yeah no I think they're really important I think because yeah you don't have you won't have somebody there by your bed capturing those moments and that you do forget in at the time because you're so absorbed in everything else that's going on around you but I treasure those pictures that I have of those first few hours now I don't even remember them being taken but I 
look back on them and I absolutely treasure those tiny, tiny, tiny little fingers and toes. So that's a really good tip to just, you know, get taking pictures yourself. Don't wait for someone to come in, you know, make sure that you're capturing as much as you can, because regardless of COVID or if there's a partner there or not, these are special, precious minutes and hours with just you and your newborn. Oh, I think you'd have a hard graph trying to find somebody without the whole proverbial, you know, board picture with the newborn in the arms. Do you agree? And like uh, with social distance, you, you wouldn't want to ask anyone else yeah. to do it. You certainly wouldn't want to. I didn't want to ask a nurse to do it. I was like, no way. They're so busy. You know what I mean? I'm not going to ask them to take um, a picture of me. Do you know what I mean? So I just, I took a few myself and I was pretty happy with them. Like, you know, they're cute. And then the water and the snacks. I never, I'll never forget how long those nights are when you're awake, feeding and starving and so thirsty. And I don't know about you, but I, I didn't really have an appetite in pregnancy, but as soon as she was born, I was just the hungriest human on earth. I I really felt restricted because I was like, but I want to get out and get food, but I'm stuck in hospital. So yes, bring in your snacks. Oh, snacks is key. 100%. Yeah, definitely. And like, whether it's before, it wouldn't have made a massive difference because you would have people coming into you every day. Yes. You're not going to have anyone coming into you. So you need to come prepared. So speaking of not having anyone coming into you, how do you feel being now home? And as you said, your husband had to go back to work after a week. Yes. So you now have a three-year-old, a newborn, and you don't have that steady stream of grandparents and friends and neighbors to hand Tilly over to for a moment yeah. for you. So, you know, how are you taking care of you? I think, well, thankfully it's gotten, I have, I have really good friends. They've been great at like checking in, really good at checking in. And I've had a few since the 18th, thankfully, sorry. I've had a few um, social distance walks in the park you know and um that's actually really nice and it gives you something to kind of look forward to today and thank god the weather's been so nice you know um so i think you know i i've been surviving a lot better than i thought i would if you know what i mean you just kind of get on with things don't you and you're so busy you can't even be thinking you know, so it's actually, it's really nice. Like it's not as bad as it, like, I think not having things open, like it would be lovely to go to a coffee shop with your, you know what I mean? With your new baby, that sort of thing. Like that sort of thing I, I missed. Like I remember taking like Isabel to Westbury when she was like a newborn and having a glass of champagne, you know, that sort of way. But then again, I have two kids, so I wouldn't be doing that anyway. Um, you know, yeah. you are kind of limited. There's nothing you can do. <laughs> and you're probably still very much in that little newborn bubble as it is where all you want to do is just cuddle and nest and yeah. be in that newborn phase. But how on earth are you looking so phenomenal? I have my makeup routine down to a fine art. Do you know, I used to do it in my car on the way before I, I got to work. So I'm kind of, I'm used to doing it very, very, very quickly. Do you know what I mean? And for me, I really, 
like putting on makeup. It kind of relaxes me in the morning time, if that makes sense. It's like, you know, my little meditation. So I always have a shower and put on a bit of makeup in the morning. I feel so much better. Um, so I really like doing it, you know, and I kind of have it down where at, at the moment now, Tilly sleeps a lot and Isabel's really good. Like she'll play beside me or, do you know, that sort of way. So it doesn't take that much of my time, do you know? But you feel so much better for the fact that you've taken it for yourself. You know, you've, exactly. you've put in that 15 minutes and actually for the rest of the day, when you pass your reflection, although you might feel exhausted, just by not looking so exhausted, somehow you don't feel as bad. No, absolutely. It's, and also I get a bit of mild mindfulness out of it because I try not to listen to the radio. I just kind of just take that few minutes for myself. And I just think, I'm just like, you know, I'm not obviously thinking necessarily about what I'm doing to my face because it's just like auto at this point. But I just kind of have a, like, what am I going to do today? I have my like little, you know, I do a little plan in my head and stuff, you know, that sort of way. So I really enjoy doing it. Just my my little 15 minutes of me time. And is it the same with outfits and picking different clothes to wear? Because, you know, if you if you follow Martina on, on Instagram, you'll see the most beautiful fashion shots and what to wear and your bump style. I'm like, I will never be able to achieve this. But no, your your clothes are, are beautiful. But I just think is that is that building that into your time so that it's something that you feel reinvigorates you. Yeah, the, the clothes you it, you kind of like if I what I do is like if I'm watching TV with my husband at the night time in the night time that's when I kind of get outfits in my head or kind of plan my outfits or do online shopping and stuff like that and so then I kind of know what like the weather depending what I'm going to wear because I know what I obviously have and what I also do is I try to keep like I try to keep my wardrobe very seasonal so I know what I have so uh, it, like in summertime, I get rid of all my winter stuff. In winter, I get rid of all my summer stuff. So I try to, and I always, I'm always like given to charity and stuff like that. So, and I actually don't have a lot of wardrobe space, which in a way is kind of good because I can't keep a lot. So I know what I have, if that makes sense. So yeah. it's easy to outfit plan, basically. But it's... um. Yeah, I, I think it in definitely when I see it and if I'm kind of having a few days, especially in lockdown, when you've nowhere to go and you've no real reason yeah. to put on something special. And I'm looking at my wardrobe thinking, I have all of these clothes that I'm not putting on me right now because I feel like I'm not showing it to anyone else. Who cares? Maybe we should just be putting on our clothes that make us feel good doesn't have to just be the leggings every day and like the homeware, you know, yeah. put on the things that you have in your wardrobe that make you feel really special. Forget about if you don't have anywhere to go. Yeah. And I think, you know, I think didn't Victoria Beckham have like a quote where she said who she dresses for. So like, she's like, I dress for myself, number one, you know, and I, and I definitely dress for myself. <laughs> and then she's like, and then I dress for girls, you know what I mean? And for obviously other women. 
And I think men were like way down on her list, you know, that sort of way. So yeah, just dress for yourself, first of all. Um, and you will, it definitely will lift up your mood a wee bit, even a different colour, you know, that sort of way. Like, don't get me wrong, we all have days where we just want to be in leggings. <laughs> yeah. All the time. There but was a good few weeks in the beginning where it was just leggings on loop. And actually it was when bump, my bump was just beginning to kind of grow. And it was actually really nice that like my workwear was just loungewear <laughs> for a long time. But now I'm really trying to make more of an effort over the last few weeks and start wearing things that make me look good um, and feel good. And yeah, just building those moments back into your day that make you feel like you again. Yeah, absolutely. 100%. So anything else in terms of, you know, what you're looking forward to over the next few months with two or, you know, how you're going to plan to build in those more special moments as the months go on? Um, yeah, I, like I was actually chatting to even um, Sarah Carton. She did my new newborn pictures for Isabel and she was like, do you know, um, you know, we could take some pictures at a social distance, you know, that's a way in the park, you know, stuff like that. So I'm in chats with her because I don't want to, like, you know, you forget it'll, little silly things that like I'm going to miss out on do you know what I mean even going to a mummy baby like group and stuff like that 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 was lovely to get out of the house you know things like that you you know I'm just going to have to start thinking of alternatives you know and hopefully now when work dies down a little bit for my husband he can spend a little bit more time with us at home you know but just at the moment, I'm taking it like day by day, you know, and it's so, you know, it's very hard to kind of preempt what's going to happen because nobody knows if there's going to be a second wave or not, you know, that sort of way. But like for me, definitely, like obviously, when you've got your pregnancy to, you know what I mean? And you've got your your baby as your end side, you know, um, and I'm just trying to enjoy every day as it comes at the moment and just kind of not like wish it away do you remember doing that with the first baby next phase next phase next phase phase. I can't wait until she smiles I can't wait until she can sit up I can't wait until she can walk everything was you were wishing it away now I want to wish back yes (laughs) I want to wish backwards exactly so now I'm like very like to me oh she'll be smiling soon and I was like I don't care like I'm just enjoying this time with her now do you know what I mean Completely. like I'm just I'm trying to just take it kind of day by day at the moment but I do think like even personally it is nice for all of us to have something to look forward to do you know that sort of way like I'm even thinking should we look into like a staycation you know what I mean renting a house somewhere in Ireland when the rules relax a little bit and you can travel a bit further you know what I mean things like that like um, everyone needs something to look forward to don't they something in the diary well listen I'm going to let you go back to that bubble and cherishing every moment with little Tilly and thank you so much for all that really strong advice and support and it's definitely reassured me um, although I have a few more months ahead and I'm sure it has reassured any woman who is about to go in and have her birth and her labor soon.
oh, you'll be fine. You'll be fine. Do you know, actually, one thing that actually did make me feel better about the situation, right? Do you remember back in the 70s and 80s, like my mom, <laughs> she did four labors by herself. Mm-hmm. When I was saying it to her, she was like, but you know, you know, I gave birth like four times by myself. So your father was at home minding mind the kids. And I was like, well, how did you get on? She's like, Grant. <laughs> You're dead. I, We've been doing this for centuries. And this COVID for stop us. Centuries. Exactly. Even, you know, so, and she was like, yeah, it was fine. And like my mom had five kids, all without an epidural. You know what I mean? They didn't have them back then. Yeah. You're Trojan women. Trojan women. And like you'd be, people, you know, they give birth in the side of the street every day. And you know what I mean? It's, we've been doing this for so, so long. Yeah. Just Um, believe in yourself and believe that your body knows what it's doing and believe in the support of those amazing midwives. They will guide you through it. They do it day in, day out. They know exactly what's going on. So, you know, relinquish a bit of that control and hand it over and just go with whatever's happening to your body. Yeah, absolutely. Like I thought the midwives were amazing. Like my husband was great, but the midwives are amazing. (laughs) Like they're the ones you're listening to. Do you know what I mean? Absolutely. Like it definitely, I, you know, would say I had a positive birth experience and I, the pandemic didn't, deal a lot from us if you know what I mean and it won't it certainly won't you'll forget like you'll forget that you even gave birth in a pandemic we've been doing it for way too long ladies don't let it steal any more of those postpartum or maternity leave moments no definitely not no way day and enjoy it with your two little girls absolutely and I was chatting I was chatting to somebody else about like because you aren't allowed visitors it's just you and the baby and those that is such a lovely time yeah pull up the drawbridge exactly yeah it won't take away from your your birth experience at all thank you so much for joining us on every mom the podcast I've loved chatting to you I'm so sorry that we couldn't meet properly like I've always done before with every episode. Um, this is the first that we've done remotely. And uh, I would have loved to have met you. Let's hope in the future we can definitely. Oh, definitely. 100%. Well, do over wine. Yes. <laughs> proper chats. Proper chats. 100%. <laughs> when, you've, when you've given birth to your gorgeous baby. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you again. And um, we will absolutely continue to follow your lovely fashion pics and uh, how Tilly and Isabel are getting on Uh, thank you thank you so much thank you all so much for listening we hope this episode has supported and given you increased confidence we'd love you to rate and leave a review share this episode across social get in touch with this week's wonderful guest Martina's Mark on Instagram and subscribe to join us next week for more. Water wipes are an essential for every mum, from that first nappy change to those messy weaning months. As creators of the world's purest baby wipes, water wipes are purer than cotton wool and water and are proud sponsors of Every Mum, the podcast.